your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 492 of Locked On Canadians, and thank you for making us your first listen every single day. We have a ton going on. I know the Canadians are playing the Pittsburgh Penguins on the night that you are listening to this. We could preview the game, but we don't know what else we have said about this team that hasn't or what we could say about the team that hasn't been said already. There is news. There is plenty to talk about. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla. And as always, I am joined by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, we were hoping for it to be kind of a calm day in Habsland. And naturally, we cannot have nice things. So we didn't get that in the slightest. We can't have nice things this year. I think it's the price we're paying. I think it's it's settled that it's the price we're paying for having so many nice things last season and uh we are so so lucky to have our listeners i know that you know the canadians are going through a i'm gonna call it a prolonged rough patch uh because it covers all manner of 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 what's going on but uh they are doing things we might not agree with them uh or they might be doing things with a method to their madness uh so let's get into the news of the day but the news of the day is uh, it's very simple. Adam Brooks was claimed off of waivers. We thought he might go back to Toronto, but Toronto opted to trade uh, future considerations for St. Louis Blues forward Kyle Clifford after he cleared waivers. So Clifford might be bound to the AHL and then as a call-up option. And Vegas claiming Brooks, I'm not going to lie, kind of sucks. Uh, to be quite honest with you, I do not understand why the Canadians claim Brooks at this point. They didn't, or Dominique Ducharme didn't favor him over Cedric Paquette. And even when Paquette was suspended or out of the lineup, it feels like Brooks never really got a shot here. And now he's off to Vegas who needed bodies desperately due to injuries. I'm not saying he's going to light it up, but we're watching him leave and we don't really know what Adam Brooks was. Do I think he would have been a really good rocket? Absolutely, I do. I think Adam Brooks would have been a great addition to the Laval Rocket lineup, especially with Ryan Paling on recall, but we're not going to get that. And this whole season is a lot of, it just doesn't make any sense right now. The Montembeau claim, I kind of get, they didn't want to rush Primo or McDivin to the NHL. That's all well and good. And we'll figure out what to do with him when Allen and Price are both healthy. But the Brooks claim looked really smart. They're taking a chance on a younger guy to play in their bottom six, likely their fourth line, and their head coach just straight up refused. And it's not even that he wasn't given a shot. He really wasn't. He had four games. Paquette played 10, and I don't recall Paquette doing much other than taking extremely egregious penalties. This whole season, I don't understand what the plan is right now. And to be honest, that's a huge problem. It's one thing if they're bad, but they're bad without even trying other things right now. 
I think that this is what happens when the philosophy between the general manager and the uh, coaching staff is different, which is not always a bad thing. And you really don't want your general manager to micromanage the coaching staff and tell them how to use people or whatever. But you want them to be in sync. So presumably the Canadians got him for a reason. And then it didn't manifest itself. And so in my mind, I feel like organizationally, you should have a similar philosophy. I'm really against micromanagement. I'm really against yes people. For example, a coach being a yes man to the general manager. I'm really against general managers meddling too much. But you should, in theory, as a group, have a similar philosophy. So when you're picking up players or putting players on waivers or trading for people, presumably there's an idea behind it and there's a reason why or there's there's a way that you want it to look. There's a vision involved. Now, I think that Ryan Paling might have something to do with this. They did call him up. He is doing well. I think this is what they wanted all along. And the reason that they claimed Adam Brooks may have been, again, this is just speculation on my part. I don't know. It may have been because Ryan Paling, once again, uh, did not claim that spot out of training camp. But now he's here. He's on the NHL lineup. He's certainly doing a much better job than we have seen from Cedric Paquette, uh, which is, you know, he's younger, he's hungrier, he's 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 coming from a, a strong system. He lit it up in the AHL last year. He was doing it this year before he got called up. I think that it makes sense for Ryan Paling to be the guy there now. And so it's possible that the Canadians are like, hey, we've got this guy. It's going to work out. We can trust this guy now. I, again, I don't know. They might send him back down as soon as they possibly can so as not to burn uh, games or whatever. But in my mind, I think that that's probably why they were just like, eh, we're carrying around too many players. We've got Ryan Paling now. Let's keep him here and let's see how it goes. But you're right. Adam Brooks would have been a great uh, rocket. He would have been a fantastic rocket. But now he's the he's got the opportunity to play in the NHL until Vegas waves him too. And, and here's the thing is this goes back to what we were talking about with goalies and everything else. You might as well see what you've got. Like Paling's a great first step. Honestly, Pizzetta continues to make me eat my words. I was talking with our friend uh, Ian from uh, Rabbit Habs earlier. And the whole thing is it's like we've talked about Belzeal and all these other players being sent down or waived. And at no point in time have we said, yeah, we should send down Michael Pizzetta, which is not a thing like two or three weeks ago we were saying we're getting to a point in the season where the Habs have to start making decisions. If you're going to be bad, you might as well be bad and see what you've got in a lot of players. And I think that's going to be an interesting test for them going forward. I wouldn't be shocked if Primo goes back down and McNiven gets games. I wouldn't be shocked if someone like JS Day comes up, Jesse Yulin and uh, Raphael Harvey-Pinard, all these guys, see what you've got, basically. And that the young guys should be playing for their futures now. Like who's going to make a difference on this team? Pizzetta's trying his best, but he's not a goal scorer. There's opportunities for guys like Jesse Yolanen and Harvey Pinard and everything in the future to try and make an impact on this team. And speaking of hoping to make an impact, Matthias Norlinder makes his NHL regular season debut against the Penguins tonight. We're going to talk about that and what we can expect and what I saw when he was playing down with the Rocket a couple of weeks ago. And that's all coming up next. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. 
Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new, updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. So we did get some good news. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Do you consider Chris Weidman being out of the lineup good news or bad news? Your mileage may vary. But with the Penguins coming to town, Matthias Norlinder will make his NHL regular season debut. He played, I believe, one or two games in the preseason. He played a couple of games down with the Rocket on a conditioning stint. I got to be honest, I really hope people's expectations are in check. I think he can be a very fantastic player for this team, but he's not going to start saving the season right now. I wouldn't be shocked to see him get some power play reps out there. Laura, wh- what are you kind of expecting from Norlander coming in this game where the Penguins are going to be a difficult test? They always are. I think the thing is, we talked before the season is that he clearly needs some time before he's NHL ready. I'm glad that they're giving him this opportunity in a real setting against a very challenging team. Do you know what's really ironic is that the Penguins are a formidable opponent um, and (laughs) they're in danger of not making the playoffs. That's how strong their division is right now. Uh, But I I do think that this is a really, really great opportunity for Norlinder. Like, I think that it's exactly what we were talking about in the first segment see what you've got because there's so many decisions that could be made here when you're seeing what you've got with your young players one you can see how much more or what kind of things they need to work on to develop how much more development they need how much longer before they're ready for a full-time nhl position Uh, i also think that uh Part of it is also there are some players that with NHL games, they can showcase if they want to stock up on picks. You know, when 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 you want to throw in a prospect, a prospect that has some NHL experience against some good teams, uh, that's that's a really good thing. Now, I'm not saying they should trade Norlander. In fact, the opposite. I'm a huge fan of this kid. But I think that putting him in real NHL situations will demonstrate to both him and to the team what he still needs to work on. I do think that there would probably be some nerves, but I'm excited to see the raw skill that he has on the ice. I do think you're right. They're probably going to give him some power play time. I I just, I don't want to put my hopes up too much because for the last two years, we've been talking about this guy. We've been excited for this guy. We interviewed Patrick McSell about this guy. We're excited. But we have to temper our expectations, but it doesn't, it's not a bad thing. And even if he has a bad game, it's not necessarily a bad thing because we know he's got the talent and we're already prepared that he's going to need to do a bit of work before he's fully NHL ready. And that's the thing is when he played with the Rocket, the first thing I really looked at and noticed is he seemed unaccustomed to the smaller ice. He looked a little bit kind of lost in his positioning. I know he's played a ton on the bigger ice in Europe and in Sweden, especially it's very odd watching a guy that I know is extremely talented. We've seen Patrick post so many highlights of him just going through defenders. And a lot of it is he's been injured. So he's coming off of injuries, coming off of maybe a disappointing season in his eyes, but we know what he's capable of at his peak here. And I, 
they're paired, pairing him with David Savard. And my first thought with that is, uh, like Andrew Berkshire said, Savard's been about as good as we can expect, even if the numbers or the eye test doesn't always back that up. My thought is they're going to tell Norlinder, get forward, Savard will kind of cover your six on that. And I'm hoping we see a little bit more of the guy who likes to rush through opposing defenses and cuts through the zone because that's what's going to make him effective. Because in uh, 32 Thoughts, they talked about needing a a puck-moving defenseman, and it's like, well, they're going to try this. I don't know if it's going to be the the right call here, but I do think that there is – a lot of potential this, especially on the power play. We've seen Weidman be better than Petrie and Sherrod at this, which is a wild statement to say. And I do think that we'll see him shine there. If he keeps his game simple, be in the right spot, get yourself in position to shoot pucks on net, make good passes, do the little things right. It's like we talked about in our episode the other day is do the little things right and everything else falls into line there. We're not seeing that a lot, and I'm really hoping that he isn't trying to play over his head and like save this season on his own, because I think he's going to be bound back for Sweden before too long, but I am hoping that we see the best of him on here, and that goes for any other call-ups this season, is that like, you know, keep it simple, do the right things, and goals and points should start coming off of that sooner rather than later. Absolutely, and that's the other thing too, is that you know, this is all just valuable experience for him. It's just, it's so, so important for us as a fan base and media to temper our expectations. Now he might come out and and be lights out. I don't know, Uh, but it is an adjustment. And I, I just, I really think that he's going to be, we talked about in our mailbag, actually, I think it was uh, on Monday. It was like the spillover from the Friday mailbag. He's going to be one of the defensemen that the Canadians will build around in the next few years. I'm so, so excited for that. And I think anything that he gets in this game, the time, the experience that he has, hopefully nobody on the Penguins cheap shots him, uh, all of that, like he's going to take it away and grow his game even more. There's nothing in anything that we've seen about him that that shows that he won't rise to the challenge. I'm just I'm so, so excited, but I'm also trying to be very, very pragmatic and and temper my expectations. You know, he makes one mistake. uh, We can't just fall apart. And I think that's a simple thing is that if he makes a mistake, you know, work with him through that. Rookies are going to make mistakes. Veterans are going to make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes except for maybe Sidney Crosby, who is superhuman, but the the whole thing with this should be patience that, you know, the season's kind of slipping away. You can't just throw in the towel when it doesn't go badly. Work them through this kind of stuff and go from there. And speaking of players kind of going through it or lacking patience, I should say, Brendan Gallagher got a a phone call from the Department of Player Safety. John Tortorella doesn't like Connor McDavid, apparently. And we're going to have so much more on the officiating and I guess, penalty epidemic in the NHL, and that's coming up next. We are back, and there was some, well, more bad news, I guess, depending on how you phrase it. Brendan Gallagher was docked 2500 bucks by the Department of Player Safety for roughing Barclay Goudreau, and if you missed the end of the Habs-Rangers game, uh, Goudreau was giving Gallagher an earful on one of the final face-offs. He eventually kind of ducked under him. Gallagher went over the top. Gallagher looked him square in the face and then punched him right in the mouth and Goudreau sold it like he'd been shot. 
He was peeking between his gloves on the ice to see if he had drawn a call before getting back up. And I got to say, as far as $2,500 fines go, it was worth every penny. But at the same time, you can't punch guys in the face. But I also don't blame Brendan Gallagher for being upset. Uh, He was the one against Calgary. He took a cross check right in the upper neck from Erica Branson. Nothing came of that. Nothing else. It's not hard to blame him for being upset, but you can't punch a guy. Yet at the same time, there's been a whole bunch of penalty discussion across Twitter and everywhere else. They're just, they're not calling as much again this year. They started out real strong at the start and then just kind of decided to let it go because that's what the NHL does. Laura, am I just imagining there's a slight against Brendan Gallagher or is he right to kind of feel just absolutely pissed off at this point that he's getting cross-checked in the neck and nothing happens, but he duffs a guy once and he immediately gets fined. Here's the thing. I'm going to get this right out of the way first and make it clear. You can't sucker punch someone. You cannot do that. Sucker punch someone. Sorry. I've got like a bit of a sinus thing going on. Uh, Anyway. So here's the thing. I completely understand and agree that he should be angry. A hundred percent. He gets cross-checked in the neck a million times a game. Two, he's got a reputation. So he does get penalized more often than a regular average player who doesn't have the Brennan Gallagher uh, reputation. As one of the friends of the show likes to say, he is Brad Marchand without the baggage. So I understand that, but you cannot sucker punch someone, even if he sells that when he it's comical. He was looking out through his gloves. It was hilarious. Now, could have been worse. He could have gotten suspended. Uh, but also, would it have been so bad? Because he really needs to rest and he refuses to do that. So I completely agree. Like, I understand Brendan Gallagher's frustration. You know, I, I I made a joke a couple of nights ago. I can't remember. I think it was against the Boston game. Yes, Nick Foligno was uh, all over Montembeau's glove. And, um, and uh, I was like, if, if, he does that again, Brendan Gallagher will get a penalty for it. And it sometimes seems that way. Like sometimes things go on on the ice. You'll see somebody pursue Brendan Gallagher, cross-check Brendan Gallagher, fight Brendan Gallagher, lift and throw him away next to when, when, when he's around the goal mouth, which is his job. Like he's there to score the dirty goals. Um, And then like, he'll like look at the person wrong and get sent to the penalty box. And it's just, it, it seems unfair. And I completely agree, but at the end of the day, you cannot just randomly sucker punch a guy. You can't. Even if he's annoying. Even if you don't like his face. You can't. And, and that's the thing is I think it's a bigger part of a larger issue. Uh, last weekend, John Tortorella told Connor McDavid he has to stop whining to the officials that he's not getting any calls and you got to be friends with the refs and everything. And my thought is, why? Why, why should you have to butter up the officials? to get the most basic of penalty calls. Generally, if you get cross-checked, it should be a penalty. You get tripped up, it should be a penalty. You got a dude holding you back, it should be a penalty. At what point do we just kind of look at this and go, the entire officiating standard is garbage? And here's the thing is, I kind of make fun of McDavid for not drawing everything because it makes Oilers fans mad and that's always hilarious for everyone involved. But he's not wrong. At what point do you start going, our best player in the league can't do anything because 
we aren't giving him any opportunities to, you know, play free hockey. He's just getting tackled and mugged. And if Connor McDavid can't draw calls, what are the odds that someone like Nick Suzuki or Brendan Gallagher or anyone else are going to be able to do it because they're not superstars. McDavid's a superstar and can't get a call to save his life. Like if he were on fire and a holding penalty would put him out and save his life, that man would burn to medium or not even medium. He'd be well done before too long. It doesn't make any sense. And this is not just about the Habs. I think Brendan Gallagher deserved his penalty and all that, but across the league, the NHL's officiating is terrible. I don't think I've seen a sport where it's consistently this bad. And that includes soccer where it is horrendous. And they have video review for that after all. It's a lot of just, I do not understand what is and isn't a penalty anymore. We talked about it in the playoffs last year against Toronto, against Vegas, where so many things got let go. And even in the regular season now, it's becoming worse and worse. And then it just goes completely off the rails in the playoffs. The NHL has a problem. And I know Gary Bettman's real good at turning his head the other way and ignoring serious problems, but what are they going to do when you've got stars that now are taking matters into their own hands? Like Sidney Crosby, like wrestling judo tossed a dude into the end boards last night because he's sick and tired of this crap. Connor McDavid was elbowing Habs in the face last year, whether they did anything or not. Across the board, the NHL's got a problem, and I truly do not know what they're actually going to do to fix it at this point. But I think we can all agree they do need to fix it. It's a it's a weird double standard because like it's funny to rile up o- Oilers fans because they fall for the bait all the time and so easily too. Um, and they are they are they're a special uh, subset of hockey fans. But at the same time, like you know, I, I think the way that they see it is Connor McDavid should be able to rise above this. But here's the thing. He is the top player in the game, literally the best player in the world right now, literally. And so obviously everybody's going to be targeting him. And at some point you have to start calling things a little bit more tightly, not just because as some people pointed out, that would make the game more exciting. They would get more power plays, all of that, but for his safety as well, like that's like, that's the thing. It's like, why is there officiating? Why are there rules? Yes. So that you get an outcome at the end of the game. But a lot of those rules are put in place for safety reasons. They have to change. Like, I think that's the one thing we can all agree on. Maybe how to go about it might be a little bit tough, but you know, just calling like, even if, if they called the rule book, like 15, 20% more on Connor McDavid or on like when he's trying to draw penalties, like that would make a huge difference. And I think that's the thing is that the NHL could be so, so much better if they could just call things that are in their own rule book. Uh, I, it's been on other podcasts. They say, why is that not a goal? Why is that a goal? Explain the rule to people. Cause even when like regular, like longtime fans are watching and then at the end we go, huh, something's wrong and make the officials available. Why, why, why was this not a cross check? Why was this a trip? Why is this? I know you don't have the benefit of video replay on the ice, kind of like VAR is in soccer, but at a certain point, you got to figure it out. Honestly, like it's getting really annoying and I'll get off my soapbox now. Um, hopefully this solves itself sooner rather than later. It won't, but uh, who knows? It's the NHL. So 
As always, everyone, thank you so much for listening. We are, of course, a Locked On Canadians. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick. You can follow myself at Scott Matla. And when you're done listening to us, make your second listen today, Locked On Bets, where Lee Sterling and your boy Q have all the information you're ever going to need on all your sports betting. Go check them out. Thank you all for listening.